0: You could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Now, I am going to be serving you here for the next hour. And I am super excited to talk to you about a couple of things when it comes to finances when it comes to Millionaire Row, when it comes to our money mindset and shifting our perspective internally so that we can get a result externally. So super excited to share some of those things with you here over the next hour. Before I do, though, I would love it, absolutely love it, if you can think of one person (laughs) that could benefit by being a part of our room I would love it if you would take the time right now to hit those two little arrows in the bottom left-hand corner of the screen. You see, down in the bottom left-hand corner of your screen, Clubhouse now allows us to share these rooms out into the hallways. It allows us to share out and invite more people to join us here on our breakfast table. And what's also really cool about those two little arrows is that when you click on those and you share the room into the hallway, it allows me to see. That you shared into the hallway and I love being able to see that Tarika Simmons just shared the room. She said come y'all grab your fruit fruit bowls and sit at the table. Happy Friday. Let's tap all the way in Glenn Lundy is speaking. I like that guy. It also says Ricardo Govindasamy shared this room. Thank you, Ricardo. And Shannon Whittington just shared the room this morning. Thank you, Shannon. Meredith Solomon McIntosh says, oh, yeah, this room is fire. Learning all about the almighty dollars. Serving up greenbacks and ham for breakfast with these champions. You guys are so creative. I love it. Sonia Merritt just shared the room. Monica Ricci says, get your booty in here. Great content. Thanks, Monica. Coach Kim says, we've switched gears to the gem-dropping Glen Lundy. Why aren't you in here? <laughs> Thanks, Coach Kim. Toria Prince says, nugget after nugget every single day. Kara, the style goddess, just shared the room and said, early morning inspiration. Annette with the CBC says, join. Fabulous financial Friday. Danny A shared the room as well. So I am so thankful to all of you that are sharing this room out into those clubhouse streets. I truly, truly, truly appreciate it. Now, before I dive in too deep, I just am curious. I see that Justin has, a, he had a picture of a hippo. Now he has a picture of my man, William, over there. <laughs> <laughs> casual Fridays, going. I did the hippo thing, and then I'm like, no, that's not an NFT. I got to take that off. So now I'm William. Now you're William. I, talk, I talked to William uh, two days ago. I said, hey, William, what's your bored ape? worth right now and he said oh it's worth about 300 oh my god <laughs> I said, wait a second i got one more photo i have to change now <laughs> <laughs> i said william why didn't you tell me to get a board ape back when they were 200 dollars here on clubhouse and he said glenn i did i told all of you guys i came into the breakfast with champions room we did a raid i told you to buy the nft for 200 bucks you said no now I'm sitting on a $300,000 image. I was like, dang, William, you're right. He did tell us, right? He did tell us. But what's crazy is my perspective on NFTs, blockchain, cryptocurrencies, all of those things, my perspective on them did not allow me to make that $200 purchase, right? Right? My perspective was, this is silly, this is a fad, this is crazy. What are these young people doing, running around, paying $200 for an image of a bored ape? My perspective did not serve me very well in that particular decision. Anybody else in this room make that mistake? Anybody else? Anybody else? (laughs) You might also say, you nah, I'll, I'll take that two hundred dollars and spend it on a pair of pair of Nikes instead, right? A pair of shoes instead of investing in this particular NFT. So crazy, crazy, crazy experience. Uh, a pair of Kohan white-sold shoes, Glenn. Kohan
1: white-sold shoes.
0: The Kohan white-sold shoes might be worth more than the three hundred dollar board eight, though. I'm just saying, Ramon. It's all perspective, right? It's all perspective. I like the Kohans. I like the white-sold Kohans for real for real for real. But I want to dive into this idea of perspective just a little bit real quick. So today you have your moderator your moderator panel today we're calling it Millionaire Row, right? Everyone that is speaking today that is leading a segment is earning or has very high net worth, right? They're earning in the seven figures or have a very high net worth and I don't know about you but my perspective on millionaires has always been flashy the lights celebrity right the cars the jewelry the planes the beautiful house that you get to live in when you're a millionaire island vacations Beautiful spouse on their arm, right? Smiling, laughing, well mannered children, <laughs> right? A beautiful, perfect, serendipitous experience. That's what I've always associated with the word millionaire. Now that I get a little bit older, I tap in to Millionaire Row a little more frequently a little more often, I'm starting to learn that maybe that is the case for some, I can't speak for everyone, I don't know everyone, so maybe that is the case for some, but for the millionaires that I know, it looks a lot different. It looks a lot different. Yes, there's some financial freedoms that are attached. Yes, there might be some nice perks that are associated with being in the not-as-exclusive club as it used to be. But there's nothing perfect about it. It's not this serendipitous situation where you just wake up every day to sunshine and rainbows, and every moment of your life is... Bliss. You see, what's interesting is I personally have always wanted to be in the millionaire club. Flash your mic if you want to, or have always wanted to be in the millionaire club. Make some noise. Forget flashing your mic. Make yeah, some noise. Yeah. Yeah. I be there. How
1: about this? <laughs>
0: How about what? Was it one more? Okay. I thought I heard somebody say, how yeah, about, how about... You said make some books. Okay. I don't
1: all right. put when I hear one.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. I heard somebody singing too. I heard somebody singing about it. Somebody was like, yeah. Which that was I me. That was you girl. You, you killed it. You killed that note. You killed that note. So then you are like me. Which is cool. I love that you and I have that in common. You see, I have always, always desired and wanted to be in the Main Club. There's an article in the Daily Sun. The Daily Sun is the newspaper, the, the popular newspaper in Flagstaff, Arizona. If you don't know what Flagstaff, Arizona is, it's up in the mountains. It's part of Arizona where it snows six months out of the year. We sit at 7,500 feet elevation. And when I used to live there, it was a population of about 25,000 people when school was out and about 70,000 people when school was in. There's a university, Northern Arizona University up there. The university had more students than we had overall population. It's a tourist town. You may have gone through there or around there if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon was my backyard. That's where I I, I grew up with the Grand Canyon right there about 45 minutes from my house, which was incredible. And there's this article, this article that they did in the Daily Sun where they went around and the teachers selected students from different schools, and the newspaper did featured articles on each of the students. They literally followed them around for for a day in school and wrote these three-page newspaper articles on each of these kids. They rolled one out every week for like a period of 12 weeks or however long it was. And in this article... They followed me, and they learned a little bit about my story. They learned that I had started going to school at a place called Killup Elementary School. And at Killup Elementary School, when I was in kindergarten, I was a very advanced reader. I was such an advanced reader that they actually would take me as a kindergartner into the third grade room, and they would have me read books to the third graders helping teach them how to read, as well as honing in my skills. So I've ultimately been speaking in front of audiences since I was five years old. They learned that from there I went to a place called Mount Eldon Middle School. Mount Eldon Middle School was 7th and 8th grade at the time, they didn't have 6th grade, it was 7th and 8th grade at the time, and when I went to school at Mount Eldon Middle School, I started, was starting to get this understanding of money, and the energy of money, and the currency of money, and how some of the really pretty girls liked the boys that had money, <laughs> and so I learned that there was a warehouse not too far from my house that I could ride my bike over, and I could buy a box of Jolly Rancher sticks or a box of Blow Pops for $3. I could then sell those Jolly Rancher sticks or Blow Pops for $0.25 a piece, getting me a return of $12 on a $3 investment. I quickly became the candy man in middle school, carrying around a duffel bag filled with Blow Pops and Jolly Ranchers at all times. I would then take my daily earnings and promptly spend them (laughs) on any of the pretty girls that maybe had my heart. As they continued to follow me around and learn more about me, they also learned that I started off at Coconino High School, where I went to school for two years, before I fell in love with a young lady lady named Laura Watkins. And Laura Watkins went to another school. She went to a high school called Sanawa High School. And because I had the attention and the trust of my teachers, the first day of my junior year of high school, I convinced the principal to shift me over to this other school, to allow me to transfer from the high school that I was in to the high school that she went to so that I could be close to her. Now, this was all unbeknownst to my
1: parents,
0: (laughs) who, after my first day at my new school, I came home and informed them that I was now going to high school in Sanawa instead of Cocodino, an eye opener for my mother. So they learned all of these things about me as they followed me around at Sonawa High School, and then they asked me this question. They said, "Glenn, you have a pretty pretty cool story. You're a pretty smart guy, and you've been able to do these things throughout your life. What do you want to do when you grow up?" And my response to that question was simple. I said, "I want to be a millionaire." That's it. I want to be a millionaire. That's what I want to be when I grow up. I want to be a millionaire. They printed that quote in the article. They said, Glenn wants to be a millionaire. And then they asked me, well, what career path do you think you'll take? And I said, whichever one will pay me six figures a year. (laughs) Whichever one will pay me six figures a year. I don't care what I have to do. I
1: just know that I want to be a millionaire. That's it.
0: I've always been driven by this thing called money. This energy, this currency, this idealistic vision that I had of what it means and what it looks like to be a millionaire. Now, my perspective on this, this idealistic vision that I've had, has served me pretty well at some times in my life, not as well at other times in my life. My career path has been fairly successful from the get-go. I mean, my first job ever, thanks, Justin, I was actually just about to do that. My first job ever was at a bowling alley. That was my first job. I convinced them to give me a job at 14 and a half years old even though we weren't supposed to be able to work until we were at least 16. We convinced the bowling alley owner to give me a job back there and that worked out great until one day I was laying across lane eight to reach down into lane nine to reset a pin for someone when my leg got caught in the machine that lifts and lowers the pins, and it caught my foot and twisted it all the way around, shattering my ankle. (laughs) That was my last day on that particular job, considering the owner of the establishment got in a lot of trouble with the government. (laughs) for having me work there but then I moved from there to a place called Taco Bell. Anyone else in this room ever work in fast food?
1: Yes. Yeah. I did. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. Wendy's. Yes. Burger King. Of course. Okay, yeah, yell out which fast food restaurant you worked for. Papa. McDonald's. McDonald's. McDonald's.
1: McDonald's. Red Lobster. KFC. food <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, I worked at Taco
1: Bell. That's where the bougie kids worked, by the way. The Taco Bell. Y'all were that fancy.
0: Red Barn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I worked at Taco Bell. I worked in the drive-thru. And I, I, I really, I really enjoyed that aspect of my job. I really enjoyed talking to all of the different people, right? Having conversations with. Just non-stop conversations with people at the window that was my my favorite part of working over at taco bell and from taco bell i moved on to bigger and better things when i started working at a car wash this is when i was in college i started working at a car wash i started washing cars i worked for this guy named stacy
1: St- hey listeners if you enjoy listening to breakfast with champions we can bet you care about your daily routine do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five. Five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day.
0: Stacy was the craziest son of a gun you'd ever meet in your life. He was this long-haired, part rock and roll, part country had these big lifted trucks, and he would always carry around $500 in cash in his wallet, which I thought was just absolutely incredible. I had success working in that car wash, if you could call it that. And from the car wash, I ended up moving to a place called Sterner & Kline. Sterner & Kline was a call center that called People who had canceled their America Online accounts to get them signed back up for America Online. Anyone in this room ever use America Online? Let me hear you. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. Um, okay, yeah. there's two. Okay, three,
1: three. Still use it. Who said that? Me, Glenn. <laughs> yes, I still have I still have an email. A-O-L. <laughs> Me too. You've got to story. stop that. You've no, got to he, stop that right he, now. I can't. I, I gotta say it. You got to. You got to stop. Even stop. 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 At AOL. No, do not stop. do that. <laughs> do not <Stop>. do that. That's not cute. That's what I give to the store. Pastor Jeff, you. tell us what's <laughs> wrong. That's, that you know. that's my junk mail mail. <laughs> well, we now know. need a moment of prayer. <laughs> Y'all yeah, not gonna <laughs> come for an event like
0: that. Uh, I uh, don't man. even care. <laughs> oh my gosh! I love it. I love it. I love it. Let's go, Candyman. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Here's here's all I can say. When when somebody asks you for your email and you tell them it's at aol.com, you tell them a lot about yourself in that statement. I'm just I'm just saying. When, it's, when it says at aol.com, you are showing your cards. You are showing your cards. America Online, man, working in that call center was crazy, right? It was crazy. People canceled their America Online account. They were still getting billed every month because America Online customer service is awful. And we had to call them and let them scream at us. And then when they got done screaming at us about how they got billed nine times after they tried canceling their account, Then we had to convert them to get back into America Online. We give them three free months, six free months, a year, whatever the heck we had to do to get them back into the system, right? And I worked in this call center for about 14 months. I went from a rep on the phones to a sales manager that was teaching other people the word tracks and how to overcome objections and all of those things. I think I was making... Like, as a manager, I was making, like, three grand a month or something. Like it was big money, right?
1: <laughs> it was
0: big money. And then one day, I was sitting in the break room when I saw an ad in the Daily Sun newspaper. And the ad said, make $5,000 a month guaranteed. $5,000 a month guaranteed. And I thought, oh, my God. If I can make $5,000 a month, I'll be on my way to becoming a millionaire. So I went and applied at this place. It was called Planet Nissan Subaru. It was a car dealership. I was 20 years old at the time. Walked in, and the guy that interviewed me, he was the general manager of the store. He was only a year older than I was. And he had a Rolex on one arm, and he had a Mont Blanc pen in his hand. And we interviewed on a Saturday, and when we got done with the interview, he said, you're you're hired, when can you start? And I said, well, I can start two weeks from now, i got to give my other job two weeks notice. And he said, well, I'm sorry, that won't work. We were looking for somebody who could start on Monday. So I quit my job at AOL, and jumped into the car business, started selling cars. First car I ever sold was a yellow Nissan Xterra five-speed transmission, and I sold it to a young lady who did not know how to drive a five-speed transmission. (laughs) But I convinced her to buy it anyway. I took her out in the back parking lot, and I taught her how to drive that thing, and she drove it off the lot. And I made $1,100 in one car deal, and my mind was blown. My entire perspective of money had been changed. From this grueling grind of blow pops and Jolly Ranchers and tacos and soft taco supremes to getting screened at on America Online customers, all of those things, to now being able to jump in this yellow Nissan Xterra, have fun, teach someone how to drive a manual transmission, and make $1,100. My career in the auto industry just continued to blossom from there. I went from a salesperson to a top salesperson, from a top salesperson to a sales manager, from a sales manager to a finance manager, from a finance manager to a general sales manager all over the span of about three years at this dealership. Now, at the same time in this dealership as my career was exploding, My perspectives on money and earning was starting to change. This whole time, I was also picking up quite a few bad habits. Because, see, I started to learn that if I had a little bit of money and I could be a little bit flashy, that I could maybe attract some of the ladies, that I could go out and buy the drinks, that we could dip into the drugs. I started picking up some really, 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 really bad habits that were detrimental to my health, detrimental to my relationships, but it came with the money. I felt this sense of power. I felt this ego I had accomplished, I was on my way. Millionaire Row was just ahead of me. From there, I made a powerful decision. Is Nate Forrest still in the room? Is Nate still here? Where's Nate? There's Nate. I don't know if he's he's here here, but I see his face. Yeah, I'm
1: listening. Good stuff.
0: So, Nate, from there, I made a decision. Uh, after mistake, after mistake, after mistake, my daughter's mother, my oldest daughter's mother, had decided that I wasn't fit to be a dad, and so she took full custody of my daughter at six years old. And when I lost custody of my six year old and wasn't allowed to visit her, wasn't allowed to call her, wasn't allowed to talk to her, I couldn't imagine living in this city, population 25,000, when school's out, seeing my daughter in a grocery store. Or maybe at the local bowling alley, and not being able to have a conversation with her. I just simply couldn't even imagine living in that particular existence. So I packed up my Ford Mustang, my white Ford Mustang, rear-wheel drive, baby, rear-wheel drive Ford Mustang, and I drove to Las Vegas, Nevada. Nate, I believe you're there now, right? Viva Las Vegas, baby. I drove to Las Vegas, Nevada, and I made the decision that I was going to be a professional poker player. That's right. I was going to be a professional poker player. I had already learned the game pretty well, and I had learned that my perspective on that was that if you had the right discipline and you put the right things in place, that you could could make a lucrative career, an incredibly lucrative career in the poker world, and that that would get me closer to becoming millionaire and so I did that in Vegas for a couple of weeks that didn't work out very well moved my way over to California played poker out there for a while that actually worked out okay for me playing uh, poker in California for a while but I still had this interesting perspective on life on money on relationships the reason for the money what I had the money attached to, the flashy, the lifestyle, all of those things were not serving. They weren't ultimately serving me. They were putting me in positions where I continued to make the same mistakes. I just continued to cycle. I would go two steps forward and one step back. Everybody ever feel that way? Or actually, it would be one step forward and two steps back. Anybody ever in here ever feel that way? Anybody? Yes. Anybody? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. One, two, yeah. You feel like, now I'm making some moves. I'm starting to to get some momentum, and then something comes up, right? Something comes up. You're starting to get ahead financially, and then your refrigerator breaks down. The garage breaks. You blow a transmission on your vehicle. Something just continues to pull you back. Every time you feel like you're starting to break through, something starts to pull you back. And that was my perspective at the time, and I couldn't understand how to break through it. And so I did the poker thing for a while and ultimately I ended up burning all of my relationships and ultimately I ended up in a deep, dark place. A deep, dark place filled with depression and I attempted to take my own life at one point. I found myself homeless in the streets of San Diego. And I couldn't understand how it was that I was an intelligent young man. I've been reading and speaking in front of people since I was five years old. I had been successful in many ways in all these different jobs. My career always progressed. I always got into leadership positions. I always would find ways to make more money, to sell, to 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 craft. And I didn't understand with all of this skill set, why is it that I'm sitting here alone, homeless, on a bus in San Diego, California. Fast forward, luckily God plucked me out of that situation and landed me in Kentucky with a newfound perspective on life. And for a while I did a couple odd jobs. They were always Uh, Other than one, they were always in the space of automotive. At one point, I was a night auditor at a hotel. (laughs) I don't know what that was all about. But they were pretty much all in automotive, odd jobs, doing some road shows, doing some different sales, working for some different dealerships. And it wasn't until I came across this dealership called Dan Cummins Chevrolet and Buick in Paris, Kentucky, population 9,600, that I was able to start to dig some roots. I got a position there as a salesperson originally, top salesperson, then moved up into management, went from sales manager to um, general sales manager, and then from there, I became the general manager of the dealership, general manager of the dealership, and we were able to grow 800%. In a tiny little town, population 9,600 people, we became the second largest used car franchise dealership in America. In the United States of America. Between me and Josh Cummins, this incredible, incredible leader, between the two of us, an amazing, amazing team of people that we were able to put together, we were able to do something that had never been seen before in the auto industry. To have that amount of growth in such a tiny town was completely unheard of. And with that success came the money. With that success came opportunity. And luckily in this case I had changed my perspective of what money was for, what money looked like, and what life was really all about.
1: I had been humbled. I had been broken. And so now, instead of
0: earning a lot of money just to be a millionaire, my perspective started to shift to where I needed to earn a lot of money so that I could make an impact an impact on the next generation, impact on my wife, impact in the community. And with that shift, we had continued success. And I reached a point in my career, and just because it's just you and I talking today, and we're family, you and I, I'll just be open and honest, I reached a point in my career where I made $750,000 in one year as the general manager of a dealership, a car dealership, in Paris, Kentucky, population 9,600. And then everybody lives happily ever after, right? That's how the story ends. You climb up, you fall down, you climb back up, you reach the high level of $750,000 in a year, you take a dealership to to, to become one of the top dealerships in the United States of America, and everybody marches off down to that perfect dreamy experience that we talked about earlier, right? You have the big house, and you have the cars, and you have the well-mannered kids, and You take the island vacations, and everything's perfect and serendipitous. And I would love to sit here and tell you that that's how it went, and that everybody lived happily ever after. However, there's a little bit of a hiccup in that particular story, because in October of 2018, the year after having that massive year that I just shared with you, the year after that, I quit. I quit my job. My wife was pregnant with our sixth child, my seventh child overall. She was nine and a half months pregnant, about to pop any second. And with no plan B or anything put in place, no structure, no function, any of those things, I quit. And I walked away from this position, that from the outside, everyone coveted. Everyone in the industry, everyone in the auto industry knew who Glenn Lundy was, knew the face of Dan Cummins, knew this store, knew the success. They thought I was freaking bonkers. <laughs> they thought I was bonkers. Fast forward, it's been three years since I made that decision and in those three years my perspective has changed and as my perspective has changed of what's valuable to me as my perspective has changed on this idea of trading time for money like Kim Walsh Phillips was talking about earlier as my per- perspective has continued to change on what money can do for you, how it can work for you versus you working for it, as my perspective has changed, I now sit before you, Glenn Lundy, husband to one, father to eight, 24-year automotive professional, founder of Breakfast with Champions on Clubhouse. And I have three. I want to say very successful businesses, one very successful is and two on the way. <laughs> that would be the best way to describe that. So why am I sharing all this with you today? What I want you to understand is that each experience along the way, from the moment that I read books in front of those third graders, to the moment where I stand before you now, each one of those experiences has taught me new perspectives. Each one of those experiences has taught me a new way to look at things. So what I want to dive into, as we have 20 more minutes here, what I want to dive into is a full understanding of perspective. Because, see, here's the truth, and this is the part that you probably need to write down. You need to look at this. You need to put it in the mirror. You need to stick it on a sticky note. You need to do whatever you do. Put it on the backdrop of your phone. Because here's what I need you to understand. Your perspective becomes your reality. your perspective becomes your reality listen to me i'm going to define this word perspective with you real quick the word perspective is defined as a typical attitude toward or way of regarding something in short a point of view have any of you ever seen those images, go ahead and holler out if you have, if you've ever seen those images that look like they're looking at you from one perspective, they look at it, they're looking away from you from another perspective. Yeah. Anybody ever seen those? Yes. Yes. Has anybody ever seen those things that like it's at first glance, it looks like it's a woman, maybe hugging a man, but then when you look at it the other way, it's like, you know it's like it looks like a young woman holding a man but if you look at it from a different perspective it's like an old woman laying in the bed you know what i'm saying have you guys ever seen that anybody ever seen those
1: i have, yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> you know what i'm talking about right has anybody ever seen the um who, whoever who saw that what color is this dress post did anybody oh, ever see that what color remember is yeah. that That's one that? it's blue isn't it <laughs> it's blue no. right some people thought it was blue oh somebody else just said it was gold Right? You guys ever see that? You guys yeah, remember that Yes. Come on, I want to make sure you're here. Talk to me, talk to me. I want to oh, man. I you, that, yeah, man. Uh, no, I that remember that. Drive that drive everyone crazy on the internet. It did. It did indeed, right? That
1: was blue. Hey, it, was very
0: <laughs> it was periwinkle. <laughs> it was periwinkle. It was periwinkle. Listen, your perspective becomes your reality. You see, when you look at things one way, but then you start to, or if you look at things one way, it might be different than another person looks at it from that dress color to a good movie. Any of y'all ever had a friend tell you this is the best movie ever? You go watch the movie. You're like, that movie was awful. <laughs> it right sucks. Yes, yes. Yep. Right? Anybody awesome. ever had that happen? Anybody ever tell you, "Oh, this is the best song I've ever heard"? And you listen to the song, you are like this song is terrible. What? <laughs> anybody, anybody, anybody ever, anybody ever say to you, "Hey, you got to go read this book. This is the most incredible book. It'll change your life." And you get about four chapters into the book, and you're like, "This is the worst book I've Boring. ever read."
1: Boring. Yes. yes. Oh
0: yeah. Anybody ever told you? Anybody that. ever? Say, has anybody ever said, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I just bought this new car. You have to see it. It's the most incredible car ever. And you see their car and you're like, dang. You didn't
1: <laughs> catch me driving that. house, library. the you? house?
0: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> right? We all, yeah, we all have different perspectives. Yeah, we all have different perspectives. Different on, Perspectives on, on on our houses, what we like, right? My wife and I like different houses. I like more modern style houses. My wife, on the other hand, she likes more like country style houses. She likes older houses, right? We all have different perspectives and ideas of what is attractive and what is not. What we're looking for when it comes to a man or what we're looking for when it comes to a woman in our life, right? And here's the thing about perspectives. Here's what you need to know and understand about perspectives. Your perspective is built through three areas. Your perspective is built through three areas. And I'm going to give you those three areas here in just a second. Before I do, though, we have to do something. We have to do something a little bit different um, this morning, and I'm going to need you to work with me. So everyone's got to got to lean in real quick, and I'm going to, I'm going to do this real quick while I'm while I'm putting this together. Um, hold on just a second. Finance. 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 Um, am I spelling that right?
1: By the way, Glenn, I your session today earlier. was a, Hold on just a second. I just want to tell you your session today was amazing. And I think I learned so much. I think always hearing your story, Glenn, I think it inspires all of us to grow. Inspires all of us, I think, to grow uh in our own path. And I think it's interesting to see that successful people, Glenn, they all have a journey that may not have been perfect as we think it is. So I just wanted to amplify that, uplift you in that, brother.
0: Bro, I love that. And if anyone else, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you these three things here in just a second. I got to do something real quick. I got to build this thing real quick. So anybody else wants to chime in on what you've heard so far, now would be a good time. We'll do that for about three minutes, and then I'm going to share some other things with you. So go it's ahead. It's
1: Michelle. I'd like to share this morning. Great morning, everyone. This is Michelle Phelps allen Go ahead, Michelle. I just want to say, Glenn, I appreciate how pure you come and authentic you are because it all helps us to stretch and grow. And one of the things that came to mind for me was... Your perspective is your pathway because if you think poorly or you're not optimistic or you're, you're looking by way of challenges, you'll walk down that narrow negative pathway. But if you take the other perspective, it would empower you to take steps in a different direction to elevate yourself. So your perspective is your pathway. That's what came to me and it was very, very helpful this morning. Thank you.
0: Mm, I love that. Your perspective is your pathway. Keep going. One more.
1: I'll chime in. This is Dora Maria. Um, One of the things that just was very glaring is that sometimes because we have our perspective or or our view or, or maybe it's our life views of what we experience, we have this filter of how we see and perceive things. And the thing I've learned is that sometimes we impose that on someone else without realizing that we're doing that. Because even when you were saying what color the dresses were, a lot of us were chiming in. No, it was blue. No, it was gold. No, it was periwinkle. And we were like, wow, we're seeing it that way. And We kind of are imposing that you see it that way also. You see it gold. You see it periwinkle. So I thought that was uh, very insightful. So thanks.
0: Yeah, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. And and, and it literally comes down to um, these three key components, which Ramon, I'm having a little trouble here. I'm going to need your help real quick. I got you, brother. You need uh, me to carry the room or uh, post the, uh, carry the room a bit? Well, I need to, I I I built this other one, but I don't see it. No problem. So maybe maybe build the other one real quick. Sure. I'll see what I can do. Uh, nope. Tag me in it, and yep. then we'll switch over here in just a second. Cool. Thank you. Same title. Same title. Same cool. Same title. Uh, can you build under as a champion?
1: We will see. I'll let you know in 10 seconds. <laughs> All right, I might have to do it
0: here in just a second on Scott's thing. All right, so check it out. Here's, here, here's what we're working on doing and, 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 and here's why. So let me give you a little background on this and I should have set this up earlier today. I apologize, first time we've had to do this. So here on Clubhouse, uh, we record these rooms. We record these rooms, we push them out into the podcast so we can make an impact in more people's lives and there's a timer on our ability to record in these rooms, you can only go six hours. And if you go a single minute over six hours, you lose everything. And so today we have over six hours of programming. And so what I'm going to do instead of waiting till the very end of the day uh, to switch over, we're going to be switching rooms here in just a second. We're going to switch rooms before Scott uh, comes on with his incredible interview. And so we're going to we're gonna take all of us that are here
1: right now, and Ramon is going to hey, help me get hey a Glenn. link. Ramon and Dora, Maria. Yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me let you get some time to go off space this. I'll carry the room, if you don't mind, for nine minutes. And let me give you and Dora others time because I think I'm just a member of it. So let me give you time to do the technical behind the scenes if that's cool with you.
0: Okay, yeah, go ahead. I'll do that, and then I'll be back in four because I want to make sure to give you these three areas that are ultimately determining your perspective. And how we can do something about that to help you get to that millionaire level if you're not already there and beyond, okay? So don't go anywhere. Ramon, maybe grab a couple questions or two, and then I'm going to take care of this.
1: Love it, love it, love it. Everybody, the room is still going on. We're going to hear Glenn's three more comments. And with that, let's just keep the sharing going. I hope you all enjoyed it. Unmic, just clearly say your name. Say your name, and let's have some fun and share with each other what we learned today. Who wants to go next about what we heard today or anything else? Who's going to unmic and say your name? Go. This, is, this is Yvette Searson, Ramon. I want to say, say something about my AOL. Before- oh, no. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> let me just say. Let me just say. It this. works, right? It me, works. Man. You know how you. Listen. Listen. Go girl. You know, I never got charged for AOL, so I was in some kind of little, I don't know, loophole. So I never paid a dime for AOL. So I kept it because when people want my e- my email address and they're going to send me a bunch of crap email, I said, oh, sure. It's Yvette Searson at AOL.com. So. Yvette, I love you shared that, and you, as Glenn Lundy would say, Yvette, you be you boo, as Glenn Lundy would say. And let me just add one more comment for those who don't have that reason to that. Others who are keeping it and using it as like a business email, we know and they know. I'll just say it, it looks a little Oh, not you, but that's what he was teaching damn, you. Damn, Thank right. you for being here. All right, Gmail is Pastor also Jeff, free. Gmail yeah. is free. G- also, so you could switch to Gmail. It's free. I don't and know if you know speaking, that. i speaking. Yes. Say your name. Kim is killing me. Who said Gmail free? Kim is killing me. Oh, that's Kim. Oh, uh, right. Kim, of course. Hey, Kim. I'm sorry, Kim. I should know your name by now. Hey, Kim. Pastor Jeff, what were you saying? In the words of Frozen, let it go, let it go. <laughs> let it go <laughs> and then listen I have you know I have a dot com email address for my business and two gmails but I still have that AOL and I'm not letting it go but <laughs> Evette, you're spoiling you phone, girl. We, I love we it. need somebody to laugh with. Glenn Lundy's back. Glenn Lundy go brother. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah. I I love it. I love it. I love it. And you stick to it girl and I love that you said, "You know what? Look, y'all can laugh at me, but I'm just going to tell y'all This is what I'm doing, and this is how I do it, and I'm doing me, and I love that. I love that you're in a loophole like that. Thank you, Candyman. Okay, so here's, yeah, thank (laughs) you. You know what's funny? I met Candyman, the artist Candyman. I met him a long time ago at a Kmart of all places there in Flagstaff, Arizona, so pretty crazy that you just said that.